It's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? This next episode was recorded on both ends by two podcasters in the adoption community. Yours truly and the fantastic podcast host of Wandering Tree. Her name is Lisa Ann. We put our headphones together to bring you some of the valuable resources within Adoption Land. She came up with the wonderful idea for us to have a delightful conversation from our respective homes in Tennessee, and I was happy to be a part of such a creative endeavor. She starts our time together in this recording by introducing me to you, and I want to take the time now to introduce you to her. Lisa Ann is an adoptee who started her podcast, Wandering Tree, to give other adoptees an opportunity to share their adoption journey. She is in reunion with members of her birth family, and the roller coaster of that experience can be heard on episodes of her podcast. When we met in person on a beautiful sunny day in May of this year, we chatted it up like old friends. She's truly a person I found gets things done, and done extremely well, I might add. Besides taking great notes, being an amazing listener, she puts me at ease with her style of communication. That makes her the perfect person to share your words of sorrow, grief, and or joy. After listening to us share here, I believe you'll be inspired to reach out to us or another of the many platforms and be heard from to add more momentum to this ever-present adoptee movement taking place right now. We thank you in advance for listening to our conversation. It meant a great deal to us, and we hope it is a benefit to you, too. Welcome. It's your host, Lisa Ann, here at Wandering Tree Adoptee Podcast. And with me today, I have Jennifer Diane Ghostin. She is the host of the podcast, Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. And we have a great opportunity today to spend some time with our listeners. We're doing a joint kind of recorded session and we really want to talk about the adoptee community and a little bit about how we connected. So welcome Jennifer, how are you today? Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be a part of your podcast and I'm doing really well. How are you? I am I'm doing very well today. It's a it's a great day here and in the state of Tennessee where we both happen to live, which kind of brings us to how did we connect? I want to share a little bit with our listeners uh, the story of kind of us, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, I'm happy for you to do that. Well, as podcasters, we both had an opportunity to interview an author. I had to think about what what, what do I want to call her? A human. (laughs) (laughs) She'll appreciate this when she listens, right? So a human, an adoptee, and an author. And it was Emma Stevens, The Gathering Place. And through our conversation, she and I spoke of you a little bit. And she's like, you guys should connect. And then she reached out to you, I believe. You guys had another conversation. And she reached back out to me and and all the stars aligned, and then we started conversating over the last, gosh, I don't know, it feels like a long time, but I know it's been a short relative number of weeks now. We've had good conversations, very good conversations. Uh, Yeah, and some deep ones, and it's been a pleasure. And then we took it to the next level a couple of weeks ago, and we met in person, and that was, it's just so nice to be able to do that. And so I wanted to share with the listeners two things associated with that. Meeting Jennifer for that very first time and really connecting 
in person with an adoptee who has some shared lived experiences and, and making those connections, it was so powerful and I appreciated that opportunity. So I am glad we've gotten to know each other and are becoming fast friends. Yeah, how cool was that to be able to meet here in Nashville and sit across from each other at that Panera's. It was a moving experience because of the pandemic and not being able to be in person as much as um, we used to. So that was, yeah, that was really special. And a shout out to Emma. Yeah, she kind of brought us together because she was a guest on my show and I listened to her episode with you and I thought, this is so cool. Like I like when adoptees branch out and reach out. I can't get enough of hearing their stories, you know. Our stories mean so much, and it is a powerful movement, adoptee movement going on right now. So just wanted to to say that, and I loved Emma's book. I did too. And you know what I really find interesting about how you and I have been talking over the last few weeks is really that connection and the movement and how it is expanding. And one of the things that you asked me while we were connecting and getting to know each other, we were talking about how, how do we want to do an episode and maybe how we want to do that together. And you asked me a very, very specific question. And my, uh, my interpretation is you ask this on the regular to your guests. So for our listeners, would you mind asking that question um, again? Sure. I just want to say I'm excited to have this conversation with you about this question. I do ask it of pretty much every guest, what it means to be connected to the adoption community. I typically ask a guest, how long have you been connected? And so you told me in one of our chats that it gave you pause when I asked you how long. And I understood because I've often thought as an adoptee, when, when did I first become connected or attached to our community? Was it upon my adoption or after I came to spend time at conferences with members of the Constellation and listening to adoptee-related podcasts, reading adoptee memoirs, you know, that, that, that. I settled on when I started to deeply fellowship with people who shared a similar lived experience. So that's kind of the point I'm making by asking that question, but I totally understood your perspective, and I agree with it. Uh, So when we were sitting there at Panera's here in Nashville, we unpacked it nicely, so, yeah. Yeah, and and I want to share a little bit of that with our listeners because I did answer uh, the first time you asked the question. And I believe I said something like, I don't know, 2019, maybe 2018. I've been all over the place. I had different nuances and things going on. And then we did leave that conversation, that particular one, and we did pick it back up in Nashville. And that's where I felt like, you know, I really want to change that answer with her. And I have been, I feel, I have been connected to the adoptee community since relinquishment. Now, I loved your word in fellowship because I think that's another level of connection, right? So I look back and I think, you know, connected at relinquishment, connected through shared status. I don't really like the word, but I couldn't come up with a better one. But shared status as I was going through elementary school with Three other kids that I knew were adopted. You know, we all had the little label and everybody knew about it. Through high school, college, adulthood. Then in adulthood, I think it was a little bit of a separation. Like I knew of me, but I didn't know of others. And I didn't have this fellowship that you that you speak of until more recently. Yeah. When we were talking about this, I really got to thinking, like I sat with it on my drive to Chicago, because as you know, I was on my way to visit my hometown. And I thought, I have been disconnected from the adoption community. And kind of like you, I feel like I became a part of the community with relinquishment. But through the years, not being able to be in the same space with other adoptees and 
you know, have like a support group or anything of that kind for decades, it feels like a disconnection. And, and that question is kind of an important one to me because I just believe it's so important to be connected, not disconnected. There are levels, like you say, it's you just continue to be a part of whatever is going on in the community and engaging with members of the constellation kind of on a regular basis. It just makes you more connected and more or better connected. I think I was telling you that since the pandemic, I feel better connected to the community because of Zoom meetings and being able to do the podcast. You just keep building. Yeah, and that is, I think, where we felt we could provide a lot of valuable information because we are interviewing a number of different adoptees. We have some crossover. We know of many other podcasters. And we thought, what can we talk about and how important are those connections? And then share some of the lived experience that we may have over how we've connected. And so you, you kind of mentioned one and we, we talked a little bit about it. So talk about that first time you were in the community of adoptees in person in a room where there was more than one of you because I know you've had that experience for a few events and I loved hearing you talk about that and then I want to share with you you know after we parted and you drove to Chicago I flew to Tulsa and that was my first everybody's in a room and everyone in the room is an adoptee event and uh, it was a little bit changing, so I want to catch you up on that. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about that. Your first experience, when, where, and kind of, you know, how that is, has grown for you. Sure. So let's go back to 2009, 2009-2010, made a decision to be very intentional about searching and being in reunion with my original family. And so I'm reading everything I can get my hands on, memoir after memoir, and learning that there are organizations that have conferences. And so I just signed up. I went to Orlando in 2011, first time being with maybe about two, 300 people from all members of the constellation. So my roommate was a birth mom, so I purposely set that up that way. And when I got in touch with the organization, and I'll say the name, a lot of people are having an issue with this organization, not really clear on the details. But in 2011, American Adoption Congress was having a conference, and I said, I got to be there, and I want a birth mom as my roommate. And she and I remain friends to this day. I think that decision had a lot to do with what I was reading, because at that time I had read Ann Fessler's book, The Girls That Went Away. I got a better idea or sense of what it must have been like in the 60s for a teenager, which was my mother's situation. She was pregnant at 16 to be sent away. She was sent away to give birth and then come back, return home as if nothing happened. So... From Ann Fessler's book, I said, I got to spend more time with birth moms. So I'm going to like give you the short version. And I spent about three days at this conference in and out of uh, workshops of all kinds and, and in community with a lot of adoptees. I was going to support groups and you name it. And it was overwhelming okay (laughs) it was that's what it was I knew this would not be my last conference year after year the next year was I believe Cleveland and then Denver and then San Francisco and then I you know I've been to several conferences given by that organization I have not been to one in a while but I just so believe that the in-person experience it gets less overwhelming it becomes hey this this is my community I don't have to fit in I just belong and I highly recommend it and when I went to NAP last year in Indianapolis it was um, 
it was just wonderful. It, it was just wonderful to be in the same space with adoptees. Well, I'm going to riff off of that a little bit because we had talked about that uh, in preparation. And I was sharing with you that though that particular type of thing is something that I may want to do in the future, depending on how the, how it goes in the community and where the next one may or may not be and, and kind of walking through that. So I mentioned earlier, after we parted, I went, got back on an airplane and flew to Tulsa. Actually, let me take that back. I flew to Dallas and drove to Tulsa, but it's all relative. I took a friend, a close friend, uh, for those that are our listeners, Lissa, and we drove up and I had, I was excited and I had apprehension all at the same time because here I'm going to put myself into this like really vulnerable spot of meeting people. I had no idea how many and some for the first time. I've, you know, connected with Emma. I have connected with the adopted chameleon. I've connected with Rebecca Adam Samson. So, you know, just like, what was it going to be like? And, oh, yeah, that's how I felt. Just yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. And, but I, I really have to say that it was a really great experience. And I did feel a sense of just belonging and that doesn't take away or doesn't insinuate that I don't belong in other places. It just felt organic and comforting and real. And then whatever we were feeling, whoever was feeling what in what place during that event, it was comfort. Everybody was supportive. And if there's anything I could encourage if there is an opportunity to meet in person in the community, like jump in, go for it, tag yourself in, right? tap in, whichever, whatever you need to do. And so, you know, conferences, I think that's great. Small local events, what a, an opportunity. And I think this is where we would encourage people to check out, you know, not only conferences, but adoptees connect, right? Because they have state chapters or state I don't know if chapters is the right word, but, Groups, you know, areas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they meet and they connect with one another. So, and they, you know, they can talk about some of the things that are happening to themselves and to others. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You know, I was emotionally spent and tired by the time I made it back to Dallas to jump on another airplane to make it back to Tennessee, right? So, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have trade that. I wouldn't trade that experience at all. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't either. And I know back to the belonging versus fitting in. I remember you mentioning being able to read a room and doing that. And I think we as adoptees tend to do that. I was talking to another adoptee a couple of days ago. And that came up, too, that we tend to read a room to realize or figure out, are we safe, right? And I just remember at the conferences, I didn't feel the, like, heightened, hypervigilant reading a room. And, and I think it was because, yeah, we all, we're all adoptees, you know, like, we're all in this together and it's safe. Don't you find comfort in, if I say to someone something to the effect of yeah when I was growing up I just felt like an oddball and they go I know mm -hmm. I mean how do you how do you explain that or you are talking to an adoptee and this this happened uh, yesterday in a different conversation we were talking about legacy and father legacy so think about that right how do you connect to if you're a male adoptee for example and the legacy of carrying on a name and a family, but you're the adoptee into that legacy. It's not really your legacy. Right. It's not your family legacy, right? Yeah. So you can't have that conversation. I don't, you could probably, I'll, I'll step this back a bit. You could have the conversation with a non-adoptee, but I don't know if it would resonate the same way. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it would. 
Yeah, legacy is well, so a pretty big deal too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do an entire session <laughs> on legacy one day. <laughs> I I really have started thinking about it. I was like, you know, that's that's a great and we'd have to get some male adoptees reach out to us because that does change that sentence, that word, that intention, that meaning. Yeah, it's it's a deep subject. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't get there, you wouldn't you wouldn't get to that same level of conversation if you weren't thinking about the adoptee, the adoptee experience and the nuances of family around those those types of I don't know if expectations the right word, but it, it might fit. You're making me think about my original family and the legacy. Because, like, I had an aunt to pass recently on my paternal birth side. And I remember when I saw the obituary. I'm in reunion, reunion at this time when she passed. Everybody knows me. They know my name. And when I looked at the obituary, and I wasn't included as a niece because I am her niece. It just did something to me. So, like, when we think about legacy on that end, too, like, nobody knows, yes, she had a niece named Jennifer, you know, if they pick up her obituary. So, yeah, legacy is a big deal. And, yeah, we have to talk about that. We have to have a conversation about that. That is just us reaffirming what this episode is about is the connection because now I'm thinking about that in the last 12 plus hours where I wasn't even sleeping because I'm like, God, that's a deep subject. Mm -hmm. And so the connection that we made through that conversation and the one that you and I are making so valuable. So we're, I think that's one of the, the things we really wanted to, to share is how can we, how can we extend the connections in the community? I think there's, ways that don't require you to go and sit in a room with 200 people, right? right? I'd be overwhelmed. So my room had about 20 some people and I was a little like, oh, like are we supposed to be friends? But it was good. But there are some really good things happening. Also, we talked about resources we had to use during pandemic and Zoom was one of them, right? It just happens to be a, a common platform. But there are several, for our listeners, groups out there that actually create virtual connections as well. I know of two I can think of off the top of my head. I don't remember how many you were were thinking of either. Uh, I'll start with one. The Fireside Adoptees, they have a platform. It's a Facebook group. It is a private group. They have a public page also. But what they do is they meet twice a week and it's, it appears to be fairly topical and you just jump on the call and if you want to listen, you listen. And if you want to share, you want to share. And, you know, it's not, it's not like a professional therapy session, but it is unity of adoptees and conversation and valuable conversation. Yeah, that sounds like a valuable resource. Very much so. I, I'm thinking right now of all the platforms, just in general, you know, the blogs, the people writing, um, sharing their words through memoir and social media, all these different ways. And of course, podcasts that adoptees are speaking up and, and out to inform each other and the public at large about our experience as adopted people who do, do grow up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And your well, podcast, thinking... Wandering Tree, is such a valuable resource to the community, and I'm just thrilled you you have it. and And I have had the opportunity to listen to several episodes and enjoyed hearing from your guests. I think you're an excellent host, and I'm learning so much from you, from one podcaster oh. to another. And I find it quite meaningful that some of your guests have been guests on my podcast. So it reminds me that the adoptee movement is in full effect. As I've shared with you, I appreciate adoptees having the courage to speak out again and again and again and again across as many platforms as possible, you know, 
It's quite powerful. Well, and we've talked about the space, and there is so many adoptees, and they are touching so many different aspects of that conversation. There is more than enough space for my podcast, your podcast, the 15 podcasts that I could probably name. And maybe we'll go through a few lists, like some of the ones we both enjoy. And and we want to raise, the, raise them up. I am all for, there is so much room here. And, yeah. the, and we are far from saturation in this conversation. We are so far from saturation. So, you know, let, let's circle back to some blogs. I have some blogs. If you like to read, I like to read. I think I know you like to read. I, yeah. I feel like I overread sometimes. I actually took a, a small break in my in my book reading uh, repertoire uh, to read something non-adoptee for one one book. <laughs> it's like, and then I have to share with you. So I was I was uh, and I'm going somewhere with this. So <laughs> it's just, and I'm laughing about it because the whole reason I chose this book was it didn't have an adoptee theme in it. It didn't, it wasn't supposed to be an adoptee story. It was supposed to be a murder mystery. Mm. <laughs> and smack in the middle of it, what do you suppose is <laughs> one of the things? I'm like, yeah, God, are you kidding me? I just wanted a small break. Because sometimes, even though I love reading them and connecting to the stories of adoptees, it can equally, you know, weigh on you um, because it, it can become emotional. So when I think of all of the books that I've read and yet to read, even in the adoptee author, it's it, the pile's growing. And then I go choose <laughs> Murder Mystery and halfway through, it has an adoptee theme. And I'm like, well, there you go. Yeah. That's your sign. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is... That, that is the, you're not done here yet, Lisa Ann. You are to read those 15 other books on the, sh- on the shelf. Yeah, and so, it's a sign. It's a clue. Yeah. Well, you're an author, and I want to talk a little bit about the writing process. You have a, a book, and tell us about that. And you're also connected to another facet of the adoptee community, and I think it's a powerful place for people that are interested in writing. Sure. Yeah. The truth so far, Detective's journey to reunite with her birth family. I self-published in 2015. And, and thank you for mentioning it because I've been writing like journaling for years. I had that little diary with the lock as a kid. And it was where I, it was like a, a safe place to go to get things out of my head. And so that's what I did with my adoption story for five years. I just, just kind of collected my thoughts about what was going on as a detective working in violent crimes for 16 out of 27 years uh, with Chicago police. I knew how to take notes, good notes. And I knew things kind of come together like pieces to a puzzle when you, just take one step after another in, in the direction of what you, you want to learn, which is the truth. And so in the midst of that, writing and not really thinking I would publish, I was just getting it out of my head. But um, in the midst of that, Illinois was changing its law, granting adoptees the right to request our original birth certificate. So it was clear to me that I wanted as many people to know, first of all, these antiquated laws still in much of the U.S. today. It should be an equal right that we have, that we don't have, that many adoptees do not have. So I wanted, I wanted to put that, those words on paper. And surprisingly, a lot of the readers had no clue. So a lot of the readers were not from the adoption community and they just couldn't believe that this is going on in, you know, 2010 and 2015 and 2022 even, you know, um, California. I'm thinking of, of all these states, Florida, Texas, where they don't allow adoptees to have their original birth certificate. I know I'm getting off this tangent. Back to the book. <laughs> so I No, I, it's I, a good <laughs> tangent, though. It's a good tangent. And I think that every time it comes up, 
it's a great opportunity for you know adoptees such as ourselves on our platforms to advocate go figure out what it what what are the laws in your state uh, if you don't know already find someone to pair up with and, and figure out ways to to change those right there's there's actually a podcast called the adoption files and the host Andy Stanley she spends time she's been trying to connect up with adoptees who have been born in various states and trying to get as much information out there as it relates to what are the laws regarding your information and your original birth uh, certificate so I don't think you went to Ingentil at all okay. I think it's perfect yeah yeah I'm glad you shared that it's an important podcast Lisa Ann, during our time together, wanted me to talk a little bit about a writing group created by Sarah Easterly, The Adoptee Voices. She said she loves when I talk about it because it makes her feel like it's a great way to encourage adoptees. I was happy to do so and that she asked me about it as a co-facilitator. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be a part of Adoptive Voices, which was created by Sarah Easterly in 2021. And when she asked me to co-facilitate, I was beyond honored. And it speaks to the next layer of being connected, I would say. So she asked me because she had read my memoir, um, which 2015 I published it, self-published it, as she did. Searching for Mom is the title of her memoir. And and so her ideas were just brilliant about helping other adoptees get their stories out. And whether they want to publish or not, it's a group where we hope to create a safe space because it's just for adoptees. So everyone on the Zoom meeting have been relinquished and adopted. So there's that, right? There's no having to fit in, I'd, I'd like to think. And everyone just belongs. And it's been very therapeutic for all of the facilitators. Rich House, Alice Stevens, and Kate have uh, benefited from hearing from other adoptees share their words. It's been really powerful and moving for all of us. And certainly, I think it's over 100 now. We're in May of 2022. I think six cohorts, over 100 adoptees have benefited from what Sarah started. So it's been, it's been wonderful to be a part of that. And I really feel like if I hadn't written and published my memoir, I may not have had an opportunity to be a part of Adoptive Voices as a co-facilitator. So you never know what's going to come out of what you do, you know, the work you do and, and what's possible. Well, and I think where I find it a little bit of a powerful message is that doing a little bit of research too. Now, I have not connected yet to Adoptee Voices. Uh, just hasn't been on my path. I, I feel like it's going that way. But I love that it's not just about memoirs. It's about poetry. It's about essays, short stories. It's groupings. It's, you know, community again and connection and sharing and lots of space in that. So how exciting to hear, you know, that something that uh, started in a grassroots type effort in 2021, I think I heard you say, has such a powerful impact here in 2022, mid-2022. Mid mm-hmm. You know, what, what a great amount of momentum that has had. Well, we talked a little bit about memoirs, and so I'm going to name drop a little bit because we've both read a lot of books and there are some that are on my high up on my list and some that are, you know, I, I enjoy all books, but there are some that just still resonate. And so I don't get paid for endorsing anyone. <laughs> you don't either. <laughs> so I'm not really endorsing, but I, uh, there are some that just sit with me and I don't have to, I don't have to go like, Oh, where's my list of adoptee books that I've read. You know, and we, we mentioned Emma's book, The Gathering Place. I've read Barbara Sumner's book, I Don't Know About You. I found that entertaining, kind of uh, settles really well. And I've heard her speak a couple different times through uh, NAP and a couple of other book clubs for adoptees. 
Uh, I've read Laureen Pittman's book. Uh, what is it? The lies that bind. I yeah. found that one. Oh, I found that one that so entertaining I and just so it. like, yeah, I oh, it. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And probably because of our backgrounds, <laughs> yours more than mine, just the nuance of that as well. And then uh, I have read Sarah's book, but I do want to talk about like, how do we find books that are adoptee authored and where do we where do we connect? There's book clubs. There's a couple of really good Facebook book clubs. Jamie Wise uh, hosts one, and Haley uh, Radke, which we'll talk about in, when we're talking podcasts too, has a tendency to host one a month too, and she's been doing it for a while, and she's got a pretty good list uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So there are some, you know, and I've read the Anne Heffernan book. Uh, clearly the uh, primal wound, right? Yeah. Um, so those are the ones that come like immediately to my mind. What about you? Well, let's see. Uh, I'm not in a room where my books, I wish I was. <laughs> but uh, the books that stand out to me probably the most, at least right now anyway, are the the ones I first read like 10 years ago or more. And I mentioned Ann Fessler, um, I do believe Betty Jean Lifton's memoir was very powerful for me, too, because I guess I was just thirsting for, like, everything to help me process this thing called adoption, (laughs) this thing that happened to me, this relinquishment that happened to me. And so I think I was just in a place where, very different place than I am now, where I, I couldn't even believe what I was learning you mentioned The Primal Womb. That book was, yeah, that was really, it did something to me. Like, this is trauma that happened to you. And and what are you going to do about it? Like, what are you going to do with it's in your body and how you've been living with it, so to speak? And I remember Nancy Verrier's other book, her Coming Home to Self, just took me to the next level. So those stand out to me. And Jane Strauss, she wrote two great books, too. I have to get the titles for you. But they they were very helpful in helping me to process what had happened to me as it relates to relinquishment. Well, we'll add a list to the show notes so that the listeners can kind of go, oh, I, I heard them talking about this one and this one. I What I found interesting is the ones that really popped into your mind were a little bit early on in your a more fellowship connected journey, right? right. And um, and mine are with authors who have been on the scene for a couple of decades or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ones that I'm resonating with are within the last five to ten year window. And how how interesting that is where the resonation is. Mm-hmm. All right, there is a website. It's called adopteereading.com and I will put it in the show notes. But it has a great list of books. There's another place, I I think it's called The Adoptee Shelf. I'll see if I can get that in the notes as well. It's a great place for people to to find some of those books if they're interested. Now, if you want shorter readings, go go find some blogs. And there's some really good blogs, too. Really, really good. And I just have to say, uh, Julian Warshio Colette, he has a blog called peregrine adoptee it is fantastic his pieces are on there because he's a brilliant writer i highly recommend his blog oh no i haven't come across that one right and uh so i'll have to check that one out i um i don't always look to see who the author is i am i look to see what is the topic right so shorter read am i a little bit interested so i've come across signed sealed and delivered the Adoptee Life, Lost Daughters, uh, Save Our Sisters, uh, Akin to the Truth, which is also a book by Paige Adam Strickland. So she blogs and she uh, also has her book. But there I have are, heard um, of all of those. Oh, I'm so glad you read those. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, is there, are there some that you outside of the one that you were just talking about uh, that you think would be mentionable as well? Uh, or I just, I looked, I did a Google 
when I first started this concept of like adoptee blogs. And then, you know, as you get into the community, you connect to someone and they go, oh, what about this one? And, you know, mm-hmm. on, on down the line. Yeah, I think you've covered, you covered all the ones I'm familiar with that I like. Um, I can't think of any others. Oh, and you yeah. know what? I, I just want to go back real quick because mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned uh, Kate Murphy's last name. So back to adopting voices, I don't want to leave out her last name as a co-facilitator. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. We want to give everybody their their dues and yeah. And if we if we inadvertently do that, it's it's not intended to be a slate, that's for sure. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, the the I think you covered the blogs. Yeah, I do want to shout out to a podcast I really enjoy and it's Black to the Beginning to lovely black women. Dr. Sam and Sandria, they're late discovery adoptees. And what I love about their podcast is they just really go in with great questions with their guests and they're so empathetic. I enjoy that show very much. Well, and that space is growing as by example of, you know, this podcast, Wandering Tree, your podcast, Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. I think we both have a list of adoptee podcasts that we listen to and support and encourage that in itself. The spoken voice is, I don't know, it resonates a little bit more with me sometimes than even the written word from the perspective of I, I can listen while I'm getting ready for work or bopping around the house or cleaning or cooking. And, and then someone says, one small thing and I'm like, ah, oh. and the, and you just feel like the lift of that, that item, whatever you've been carrying, you just feel it kind of like go away. And so my very first podcast was, who am I really? Uh, we have a shared uh, love for that one, I believe. Yeah. We and do. I did, I, I binged that one. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I didn't realize there were others out there. Uh, and I thought, gosh, this is the only one of these. And, and it's not. And that's great. But that's where I started was with Who Am I Really? And uh, it's still to this day one of my favorites. Mine too. Yeah, one of my favorites. I enjoy Damon's voice, Damon Davis's voice for one thing. He just has a wonderful <laughs> voice. But my first uh, podcast was Adoptees On with Haley Racky and I just binged. I was talking to another adoptee recently. He, he did the same thing, just binged on all the episodes she had up there. And I thought, this is so cool. Like I so enjoyed that. Cause I have a, a big interest in podcasts and I listen to a variety of them that don't have anything to do with adoption. But I, I said, there's a need. This is so valuable. And I love when she would say, or it's probably still does. Um, what recommended resources do you have? Like, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite part of hers. No, I didn't stumble on her until 20, 2021, I think it was, um, and started listening. And then I'm a Patreon supporter. Highly recommend that, too, for her off-script content. She she is equally fabulous. And you know what I also really love about her podcast, which is a different from Demons? What I love about Demons is the way he helps amplify the story, the way he, you know, narrates on top of the adoptee story. And it is so well produced. You and I know production is its own thing. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about that. Oh, yeah, production is its own thing. Yeah, I like production, but it is. It's its own thing. And and I, too, agree that Damon produces yeah. his, his show is very well produced. Well, and then so not in the comparison, but then the contrast of that is his really is on the adoptee experience of search and potential reunion and, and knowledge. And I feel like it's people getting it off their chest for maybe the first time. Mm-hmm. Love that aspect of it. 
Then, yeah. you know, over in the in Haley's, what I love about hers is it's not just about adoptees and the adoptee stories, but it's also about, to your point, the resources. And she has adoption competent therapists who mm-hmm. are sharing, right? And she, she never shies away from a topic on either of the two, you know, shows that she per, she records and produces. She's expanded within the last year. I do find it very entertaining, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, it's one of my one of my favorites as well. I also, as by recommendation, have become a pretty avid listener of uh, Heidi Marble, her "Pulled by the Root" mm-hmm. podcast. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. I've it's one of my favorite. It's becoming, yeah, fast becoming one of my favorites. How about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's really good. Um, she has some really good guests on there too. Yeah, that that have been contributing to the adoption community in big ways. Yeah. Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. What have I listened to recently? Oh. I know it's two adoptees, and they have been breaking down the book by Nancy Verrier, Primal Womb, The Making of Me. Yeah. Is that the title? Does that ring a bell? Yep, it is. It's Adoption, The Making of Me. Yeah. Theirs is fantastic as well. Yeah. I love listening to them. And I think they're on a, are they on a different book now? I, I might be wrong. Yeah, I think they are on but a they, different book. Yeah, so their first season, they broke down, uh, you know, the primal wound by chapter and then blended that with, a, you know, an interview with someone as well. Uh, great, That's a great, you know, mix of that, but it's enjoyable. Jeez, uh, I'm trying to think of who else when we're on the spot with each other. Uh, the Adoptee's Life. Oh, yeah, uh, Amanda. Amanda. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like uh and we mentioned the adoptee files, but there is one, and I'm starting to listen to it a little bit more. I don't have the same, but I acknowledge this, like I don't have the same nuance of uh, international and transracial. So I can hear the vein of the struggles of, and then I become very empathetic to the the different struggle that that brings that I can't humanly relate to because I haven't had that experience. It's more about I don't have that lived experience Mm -hmm. than I'm not able to be empathetic to the situation, if that makes sense. But there is a podcast. It's a Korean uh, adoptees. It is fantastic as well. And I will put it in the show notes because right now off the top of my head, I cannot think of the name of it. Clearly between the two of us and all of those out there, there's some good listening available. Very much so. And I'm glad, I'm glad that there is. And I hope there's going to be even more, you know, just keep, keep coming up with ways for adoptees to be seen and heard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And and it is something about listening because I walk the trail, the woods in the morning, every morning I'll put on a episode. Sometimes it's even mine because I want to walk with, a guest again, so to speak. And so, yeah, it's something really nice about being able to listen to people's words, their expression in uh, voice. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've covered a lot today. I think so, too. This has been fun and it's been exciting. And I think in preparation, I just kept thinking, this is so cool that, that we, that you basically came up with the idea to create this and we co-created something I think pretty special because we had some really good conversations and I think that one of the big things that I always say to a guest um, is there anything I I didn't ask you that you want to share so what I want to say in closing is that I think it's so wonderful when we as adoptees come up with creative ways to be together and to share what we've learned and and what has worked for us with another adoptee and and that's what I feel like we did today and I'm happy to do that I could not agree more I am so thankful you've been here with me and 
And equally, I want to thank you for having me as your guest on the other side of, uh, you know, as your podcast. And it's, it's so encouraging. And I also want to thank you for not just today, but all that you have put into our community for quite some time. I don't know if everybody picked up on connecting into conferences and writing a book, encouraging others to write encouraging people through conversation and interviews, hearing other stories. Uh, you have quite a, a legacy, which we're going to come back to one day, yes. <laughs> right, yes. uh, in this community. So you have a lot to be proud of. And I am thankful to now have the opportunity to call you my friend. Yes. Thank you so much for extending this opportunity to be a guest on your show. It's It's been an honor and a privilege. And one thing that Ostrich Castro who was the founder of Adoption Mosaic, told me last year in 2021, and that is burnout is something that can happen to us if we're not careful, and that the other people in the community that are doing projects such as podcasting, we're here for each other. We have to be, and that's how we'll be able to stay the course. So thank you for having me. Anytime anytime. Well, thank you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. It's always a fun time with Lisa Ann, and I look forward to more creative projects with her. A little known fact about this particular collaboration is we individually edited and produced our recordings. You might find our individual creative process interesting after listening to her episode, if you haven't already heard it. I hope you'll absorb as many episodes of The Wandering Tree like I have to learn more about Lisa Ann and the many guests she has given a space to share a part of their stories. Thank you, Lisa Ann, for creating the time for us to do this in an effort to uplift, edify, and encourage some of the members of our community who are making major contributions. I feel like we will be bouncing ideas off of one another from now on into the future. I'm glad our paths crossed this year and then quickly developed into a solid relationship as adoptees. You know, I'll be anticipating and listening to your episodes with you behind the microphone and your featured guests who said yes to a conversation. It's sure to be a valuable resource to our community. Remember to always look at the show notes of each episode for more information about our guest. If you like Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow and or give a five-star rating so others can find it too. During the course of your day, I hope you will tell at least one friend or someone who you believe might find value in it because word of mouth is the best way for me to grow the show. Remember to share this podcast on social media to spread the word. Hashtag Adoptee Land. Thank you for being here.